15. He said, almost thou persuadest me to be a Christian. I am, I am on the verge. I've gotten so, ever so closely. Now, I, I don't know that we have a recording of, of Agrippa ever getting to that place ever again. But the Apostle Paul said, I would to God that not only thou, but also all that hear me this day. Everybody that would hear me were both almost and altogether such as I am. Except these bonds. Except the freedom and the liberty that had been taken away, uh, away from him physically. He said, I wish that all of you were crazy about God like I'm crazy about God. What he was describing to them and trying to tell them that there is a method to my madness. Amen. The Apostle Paul spoke in Romans chapter 1 and verse number 16. He said, For I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ. For it is the power of God unto salvation to everyone that believeth, to the Jew first and also to the Greek. For I am not ashamed. I am not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Amen. I know what it has done for me. And if you want me to hold my peace, you've got another thing coming. Amen. In 2 Timothy chapter number uh, 1, 2 Timothy 1 and 8, the Scripture said, But not thou therefore, be not thou therefore ashamed of the testimony of the Lord, nor of me his prisoner, but be thou partakers of the afflictions of the gospel according to the power of God. There is no reason, the Apostle Paul said, to be ashamed, therefore, of the testimonies of the Lord. What God has done for you, and the blessings that God has given you, and the things that God has done for you, you should never be ashamed. The Apostle Paul said, I know that some of you probably are ashamed of me because I am in prison at the time of writing Second Timothy. He said, I am a prisoner, but I, but be thou a partaker of the afflictions of the gospel. What you need to do is get in the gospel. What you need to do is dedicate to God. What you need to do is consecrate your life to God. Amen. For the gospel, I am not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. I am confident in what I believe the Apostle Paul was saying. We look at Luke chapter 7 and we find a recording of a story as Tiffany was singing about this morning. There are three different instances in the Bible where it is talking about the anointing of Jesus' feet. In different ones it uses the alabaster box. It says... Uh, in Luke chapter 11 is the first recording that we have of these three where someone came in and anointed Jesus with anointment. 
we find that that he was anointed twice in the week in the weeks before his death but this time we find that in Luke chapter 7 starting at verse 36 through 50 we find a lengthy story of what happened and what took place there that day and the scripture said and behold a woman now this was a time where Jesus had been compelled by Simon a Pharisee that he would come and uh, come into his house and and eat with Simon the Pharisee and so Jesus had accepted the invitation and as he was sitting there eating the scripture said and behold a woman in the city which was a sinner amen it's it's amazing that the scripture identifies this woman as being a sinner when she knew that Jesus sat at meat in the Pharisee's house she brought an alabaster box of ointment amen we do not know what type of sinner that she was amen we have we have uh, a different levels amen and in the church world today we have different levels of of sinners that enter into the house of God we walk down the street and we pick out the ones that would make good Christians now that would be a benefit to the church now they would be a help to the church and preferably if they have a good job making good money and they have nice clothes we say oh what a blessing they would be to the church but God doesn't always look that way amen the scripture makes reference to the fact that this woman was a sinner amen a lot of people referred to her as being Mary Magdalene but in the scripture here, in different commentaries, they seem to think otherwise. We do not know if this woman was a harlot. We do not know what kind of lifestyle that she really lived. Amen. But we do know the fact that she was a bad enough person that when the scripture records this story, it starts out by not saying exactly what she did, but it says what she was. It says, and behold, a woman in the city which was a sinner. Which was a sinner. And then she found out where Jesus was. And she brought an alabaster box of ointment. Then the story changes and it goes into what she did. The scripture said that she came behind Jesus and she began to anoint him. Uh, in Eastern people, uh, the, the, um, the activities of them in a setting like this where they would kneel down, their feet would be behind them, and they would recline on a couch as they ate their meal. Amen. And their feet would be pointed, uh, behind them. So this woman, evidently, she came in behind Jesus, nobody, Jesus could not really see who she was, amen, but Jesus knew exactly what she was, and uh, she came in behind him and knelt down at his feet, the scripture said, that she began to cry and weep, and the tears from her face 
fell upon Jesus' feet and she was wiping the tears and wiping his feet off with her hair. This was a custom. Now, it was a custom in this time by the Jews, by the Greeks, and by the Romans as they would come in to a house that they would show affection and reverence for them. Thank God it's not quite that way now. And the first thing that they would do would be remove their sandals or their shoes from off of their feet and they would wash their feet and even in some uh, situations showing extreme reverence they would uh, show that they had been conquered in a in a war setting they would show that they had been conquered by kissing the feet of their master. Amen. So this is what this woman did as she began to cry. It produced a, a, a tears to wash his feet. And then as she began to wash his feet and dry them with her hair, this, this physical body, amen, this fleshly desire, this flesh, this fleshly determination, this fleshly thing, amen, brother Paulus was making mention of jealousy, and this fleshly jealousy, and this fleshly image, and this fleshly desire that she had began to bow down at his feet, and not only wash his feet, but show reverence in the fact of kissing our Lord and our Savior's feet. Amen. Making reverence that the flesh had submitted to the Spirit of the Almighty God. That there was a change that was about to take place in this lady's life. Amen. And then all of a sudden, Jesus looked at Simon and he said, Simon, I know what you're thinking. I know what you're thinking, Simon. And, and Jesus answering said, now, now Simon was thinking in his heart. He said, now if they were, they were trying to make a decision here on if Jesus was the Messiah, if Jesus was a prophet sent from God, if Jesus, who he was and what he was about. So this Pharisee had him in his house and he said, oh, now, 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 if this man were a prophet, he would know what manner of woman this is because this woman is a sinner. Everybody knew that she was a sinner. So evidently she had a rap sheet that followed her around of who she was and what she did. And you better stay away from these. And the Pharisees stepped back and said, Oh, no, we don't want anything to do with this woman because she is a sinner. And here, this man that they're trying to decide if he's a prophet from God is allowing this sinner to touch him. Touching him. Crying at his feet. Washing his feet. Allowing this sinner woman, this evil person to kiss his very feet. And Simon said, oh, if this man were a prophet, this he would not allow 
this woman to do such a thing. And Jesus looked and he said unto him, Simon, I have somewhat to say unto thee. And he said, Master, now I'm, I'm referring to you as Master, but yet I have not bowed at your feet. I'm referring to you as you are my Lord. You, you take dominion over me, but I, now, now I have not bowed at your feet and I've not kissed your feet, but, but say on, Master, say on. And Jesus looked at Simon and he said, there was a certain creditor which had two debtors. The one owed 500 pence and the other 50. And when they had nothing to pay, he frankly forgave them both. Tell me, therefore, which of them will love him the most. Simon answered and said, I suppose he to whom he forgave the most. And Jesus said unto him, Thou hast rightly judged. Now you're very observant there with the illustration that I've given you, Simon. But some way in this situation you are forgetting a very important part of what this woman is doing. There is a method to her madness. There is a reason why she is doing what she is doing. There's a reason why she has knelt at my feet and crying, and wiping my feet with her hair, and pouring ointment out of her alabaster box that she had saved, that she had preserved, that meant something to her. There is a method behind what she is doing. There is a reason for what she is doing. You see, sometimes we get a little too holy for our own good. Sometimes we get a little too righteous for our own good. Sometimes we get everything a little too right to see what is really wrong in our life. Sometimes we get a little too caught up in the blessing to remember to bless the giver of those blessings. Sometimes we find ourselves just a little too high class to really throw down and get excited about what God has done for us. Amen. I want to tell you today, I don't know about you, but when I think about the blessings of God, amen, when I think about where I could be if it was not for God's mercy, when I think about where I would be if it was not for God's mercy, I can't help but get excited when I come to the house of the Lord. I can't help but get excited when I walk into the presence of the Almighty God. Amen. I can't help but sometimes just throw my hands in the air and throw my head back and say, God, I didn't come needing anything, but I come into your house today to worship, to praise, to magnify, and to lift up your name. There is a method. 
Hallelujah. Hallelujah. There is a method to my madness today. There is a reason why. And I look at the world today and how they look at us and they they kind of make fun and they kind of ridicule and they kind of uh, uh, look at us like we're second race or we're from the other side uh, of the county somewhere and, and uh, we don't have it all together. That's something that's just a little bit simple in our life. I was in a place of business taking something to get worked on. The guy was joking or it would have made me a little upset and I would have set him straight. But he said, uh, what's wrong with this device? And I said, well, I don't really know. It's, it's just, they just told me that it wasn't working. He said, oh, they, they were too busy handling the snakes and drinking the Kool-Aid to, to, to really tell you what was wrong with it. And I, I looked at him and he said, oh, I'm just joking. Just, just conversation. And, and uh, that's what a lot of people's, uh, uh, interpretation of Pentecost really is that, that we're just some weird people with far out ideas and, and, and some, some, some strange phenomenon going on in our mind and in our life. We, we don't have any strange far out ideas. Amen. But we've got in contact with the real God that has changed our strange and far out lives. Amen. I tell you what's strange. What's strange. Is blowing your mind with crack cocaine. What's strange is blowing your mind with alcohol. What's strange is living an ungodly and perverted lifestyle. Even though when I come to the house of God, they can laugh, they can ridicule, they can mock. Why do you shout? Why do you get excited? I get excited because God has changed my life. I get excited because God has made a difference. Hallelujah. Oh, glory. Hallelujah. 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 Some people say, some people say, oh, don't, don't act like that. Amen. I'm not the emotional type. I don't show any emotion. I don't get excited about anything. Now, I hope that you don't, but just in case you have, if you was playing the Powerball lottery, just remember... If you win to get forgiveness, you got to pay triple tithe. If you were playing the Powerball lottery, some $250 million to one winner, and you got, ever how they do that, the numbers all matched up, I'm sure you'd say, well, ain't that nice. That... How sweet. I'm so excited. But I'm really not the emotional type. I tell you what you'd be doing. Ah! 
you'd go nuts. You'd be beside yourself because something has happened. But there would be a method to your madness. I've just won $250 million. Man, I'm going to buy everything that I want. I'm going to enjoy everything that I want. There is a method to your madness. But we come to the house of God. You know God has been so good to me. God has really blessed me, but I'm not the emotional type. You know, oh, I thank Him for what He done for me. No, what we have, we have the spirit of the Pharisee that says, you know, I've been pretty good all my life. Really, I have lived right for a long period of time. Really, you know, I, man, I don't do this and I don't do that and I don't go here and I don't go there. I don't partake of this. I don't partake of that. Man, I got this right, that right. I do sleeves right, length right, hair right. I drink right. Don't even drink too much caffeine. I even drink caffeine-free coffee. I drink Diet Cokes. I do everything just right so we forget where we would be and what God has forgiven us of. Amen. We let somebody come in here that's been strung out. Somebody come in here that had problems and they fall at the feet of Jesus and the Pharisees are looking, what in the, what in the world is wrong with that woman? What is wrong with that man? Why do they act like that? Why do they jump like that? Why do they turn cartwheels? Why do they get excited? Because there is a method to their madness. Amen. They are excited about what God has done. To whom much has been forgiven, much is required. God, I would be nothing if it was not for your mercy. God, I would be nothing if it was not for your grace. If it was not for your help and your strength. The Apostle Paul said, I may be getting a little loud. I might get a little excited. I might get a little beside myself. I remember I was preaching in one church and a young man come up and asked me, he said, why? Why do you scream when you preach? He said, we have a PA system, you're plenty loud. I said, I don't know. Just something starts churning on the inside. Something starts happening on the inside. Something starts taking place. Have you ever stopped and thought where you would be right now? I was listening at that song. Hey man, she comes in there and she begins to wash his feet. She pours out something that is precious upon his feet. Something that has cost her something. Amen. What was in that alabaster box was a year's wages for this lady. And she begins to pour it out. Why? Because I am a sinner, God. I am a sinner. 
can I pray for your mercy? I pray for your forgiveness. And then Jesus looks at the woman and he said, Wherefore I say unto thee, her sins They had come to the music. I'm getting ready to close. Her sins, which are many. There's a mountain of sin, God. I've been a failure in my life, God. Her sins, which are many, are forgiven. For she loved much. But to whom little is forgiven, the same loveth little. Oh, God, don't. I know you're not supposed to look back, and that's not what I'm saying this morning, but, but don't forget the pit. And he went down in. And he pulled you up out of. And he placed you on a rock. And he began to wash you. And he began to mold you. And he began to make you in the image that he wanted you to be. And then he says, you ought to come into my house with praise. You ought to come into my house with thanksgiving. And some nights we had to stand up here and say, what? Why don't somebody praise God? Why don't somebody lift Him up? Why don't somebody magnify Him? Why don't somebody give Him glory? Come on, church. And then we wonder, why God? But we are so caught up in our Pharisee attitude and we forget where God has brought us from. If you forget history, you are sure to repeat it again. And if we forget the sin, the agony, the pain, the misery, we are sure to wind up there again. What is she doing? This woman is a sinner. She's a sinner, Jesus. Why? Why? I come for the lost. I come to seek and to save that which was lost. Don't let the devil tell you you shouldn't worship God. Don't let the devil tell you you shouldn't lift your hands. Don't let the devil tell you you should not magnify Him. Because you're not worthy. You're not... You're not in the position to praise Him. But I want to tell you, when you have been forgiven, nothing's going to stop my praise. Nothing is going to stop me from lifting up the name of the Lord. Nothing is going to stop me from praising Him. Why? Because I have been forgiven. I have been set free. I have been recreated into the blood of Jesus Christ. 
Hallelujah. 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 Why don't we all stand together and magnify the Lord this morning? Almighty oh, God, you are worthy. Oh, you are worthy. You are worthy. Is that all the praise we have for God? Some of you would be sleeping under a bridge right now if it was not for the mercy of God. Some of you would be on the wrong side of town right now if it was not for the mercy of God. Some of you would not even know where you're at right now if it was not for the mercy of God. God, I'm thankful for another chance to be here. God, I'm thankful there is a method to my madness. Let them call me crazy. Let them say what they will. Let them do what they will. But I'm excited about what God has done. There's no place here for Oh, there is a method to my madness today. There's a reason why I'm excited. There's a reason why I'm kneeling at his feet. There's a reason why tears are coming down my face this morning. And though she spoke no word.
name of the Lord right now. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Oh, hallelujah. The devil's trying to hinder somebody's praise right now. The devil's trying to tell you you're not worthy. The devil's trying to tell you don't don't do that. Don't don't act like that. Don't don't get excited about God. Don't get enthused about God. But what you need to do, you need to think about where you'd be if it was not for the mercy of God. Hallelujah. 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 Why don't, why don't somebody just reach out to the Lord right now? Reach out to the Lord right now. Reach out to the Lord right now. Holy Ghost. Holy Ghost. I wonder right now, is there anybody that needs forgiveness in the house of God today? Do you need God in your life right now? If you don't know Him and the power of the Holy Ghost. If you're suffering from problems. If you're suffering from situations in your life, what you need to do is turn it over to God right now. You need to come and lay your burdens at His feet. God has come to lift you up. Hallelujah. I just come to lift you up. I just come to lift you up. I just come to lift you up. Hallelujah. My praise on him like oh. Hallelujah. For Mary, I love Hallelujah. Do you have a reason? Do you have a reason to praise him today? Do you have a reason to lift up his name today? Do you have a reason to lift up his name? Do you have a reason to get excited? You were there the night he found me. Hallelujah. You did not feel what I felt when he wrapped his love all around me. You 
together now. Let's lift our hands and thank you. God, we praise you. God, we magnify you. God, we lift up your name today. You are good to me, God. You are good to me, God. I thank you for your mercy. I thank you for your grace. I thank you for your forgiveness. Oh God, I lift up your wonderful name today. I'm so glad, God, there's a reason I come to your house and lift you up. There's a reason why I shout. There's a reason why I pray. There's a reason why I cry. There's a reason why I'm excited about you, God. It's because of your mercy. It's because of your blessings, God. Hallelujah. 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 I love you, Lord. I love you, Lord. 